0: Welcome to the Mastering Leadership Podcast, a podcast for pastors and their teams by two guys that get it. Welcome to the Mastering Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Timon Benson, the Leadership Development Manager here at QB, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Westhazen, Director of Church Health at QB. Welcome, Mark, to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Timon. Excited to be launching this new podcast with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit nervous about it, to be honest, because... It's actually not going to be very good.
0: (laughs) What are you saying, Mark? What are you saying? If
1: you think about it, like how how many great leadership podcasts are out there? I mean, you've got the Craig Gishel one, Peter Lencioni, Emotionally Healthy Leader. Help Uh, me here, Mark. (laughs) uh, We live in the same world, the same context as others. In other words, we get it. We understand. We're two guys who get it. We've been pastors. We've been pastors in Baptist churches. Which we
0: understand. We're not some American sort of pastors in some mega churches over there in yeah. some place other, other than Queensland. We're Queenslanders. Queenslanders.
1: We've we been in small churches, larger, larger churches. churches yeah. I've been in a really old church, 145 years old. You've been yep. church planted, You've been yep. in a brand new church on, on day one. Uh, churches that have been really fruitful. Churches yep. that have been filled with challenges. Uh, so we're two guys who get it. We know what it's like to lead a Baptist church in Queensland.
0: So our podcast is going to be for church leaders and their teams by two guys that get it. Two guys who get it. Two There's guys better podcasts get out it. there,
1: but no one else knows Queensland Baptists <laughs> like, like us. us. That's it. <laughs> That's well,
0: it. Mark, today we're going to start, and and this season, on the first season of our Mastering Leadership podcast, we're going to be talking about teams. That's right. We're going to be talking about teams, and you know, why why are we starting there, Mark? Why why, why so? Why are teams so significant? You know, in your experience, uh, you know, have you found that you know developing teams have been a real struggle for for pastors?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think. I think teams is vital because there's more work than any of us can do. Right? So Ian Jagelman talks about the, the 15. One person can minister to 15 people. After that, you have to start to delegate some tasks. Yeah. I can do 15 pastoral visits, but by the time I get to 16, I I'd say to someone else, hey, would you mind doing that one for me? Yeah. So we have to be able to delegate responsibility. And not only that, but we're actually called to equip the saints. We're called to uh, empower people, to serve people. Uh, there's more ministry than any of us can do. You know, none of us have all the spiritual gifts. None of us have all the experience. None of us can reach all the people. So we actually need to be able to raise up people, uh, envision them, train them, connect them, and help them uh, work together to achieve more than any of us can achieve on our own.
0: Now, often, you know, people might say, well, you know, yeah, teams, that sounds like a pretty business concept. It's not something that's really part of the church, you know. Uh, why are you talking about teams you know well, where is where is the word team yeah, in the bible right. show me in the bible where it says, show, show where yeah, it says that, you know right. you shall make a team yeah. you know I, I guess one of the ways that i would answer that is you know the very godhead like the trinity themselves are a team that's right you know when you think about it the father the son and the holy spirit they have divine purpose their purpose is to redeem the whole of humanity Uh, There is this big word in theology called the Perichoresis.
1: My favourite words. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the divine indwelling. The the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are in this divine dance with one another, and so there is this divine love and relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and yet they're distinct. They have distinct roles. The Father is like the architect of salvation. The Son accomplishes salvation. The Spirit is sent to apply salvation to believers. And so, you know, that's why I think that when we're in a good, healthy team, we actually our hearts crave for that. Our hearts crave to, to like, be honoured as individuals, but also be part of that community. And also, when you think about it, the church is called the body of Christ. That's right. It's like there's a metaphor there of the church being this community that has a purpose. It's achieving Christ's purpose in the world. And we're members, like the word membership is actually in Literally the Bible. Members, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, we're, and part and
1: we're part of one body, but we have different roles to play. Like the ear can't say yeah. to the, you know, I, oh, oh, because you're not an eye, you don't matter. We, each of us have our part to, to play. You know, it's, it's almost like there's a team-sized hole in all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> like that. You know that. what I mean? like, we, we, I like we, Because we want it, we're, we're created to image God, so we are both a work of art and artist at work so the image is both it's something that we do we, we do we perform the image yeah and because god is uh, a tri unity a community of one yeah each with distinctive roles yet each working together to achieve yeah. salvation and glorifying one another that we long to participate in that in that
0: yes the team size
1: hole in all of us
0: so even though the word team isn't mentioned specifically in the bible that concept is everywhere and we see obviously in jesus him calling disciples to come and follow him he didn't just call one he called a team with all different personalities and it seems that they had different roles peter stood up among Mm -hmm. the disciples and then you, you know as you move on to the writings of paul you see paul going on mission and he has teams so teams is Everywhere in the Bible. That's right. Yeah, all over the Bible. Now, how would you, Mark, therefore define a team?
1: What, is a, what team? is a team? What is a team? Yeah, look, I think the if you think about a little two-by-two like two two grid, right? So think about relationship, so a group of people that have relationship, and also a goal or a task, something to do, right? Yeah. So if you have a low commitment to task, you don't really care about achieving the goal, what goal, who cares, and you don't really care about each other, then you're just strangers in an elevator. Right?
0: Yep. I don't like you. just you sitting like there me. listening to the man from Ipa-Nipa.
1: That's right. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. We don't have to achieve anything together. Yep. Owe anything to one another. One another, another. yeah. We just happen to be in the same elevator. If you have a high commitment to relationship, but not to task, that's yep. called being friends. I'm committed to you. You're committed to me. We matter to each other. Yep. How we feel about each other matters, but... We're not here to do anything. We literally just, just want to hang out
0: with one another,
1: enjoy each other's company. That's friends. Um, the opposite is when you have a high commitment to task, we're here to do a job, but not to one another. I don't need to like you. You don't need to like me. Yep. That's called a working group. Yeah. And a good example of that would be a jury in a, you know, a trial. We don't have to like each other. We're just, just here, here to, get to get the do job done. this job.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and we've all been part of those sorts that's right. of working groups that's right. that are just very utilitarian. Yeah. Just get get it done.
1: That's right. Yeah. But a team yeah. is a group of people that have a high commitment to both um, relationship, yeah. I matter, yeah. I matter, and to task, with a goal that really matters. Yeah. And I reckon that, that's a good definition, a group of people, the goal that yeah. work together to achieve the goal yeah. in such a way that the goal gets achieved and the people. Yeah. grow so you've got to ask a question like um, how are we going and how is it going how's the project and how's the
0: relationship how are the people going
1: but I love Simon Sinek because um, in order to be a team you have to have good relationships right you yeah. just need the foundation of trust so Simon Sinek says a group of a team is not a group of people who work together but a group of people who trust each other
0: It really is true, isn't it, that trust is actually the currency of team. That's right. And when you have high trust in that team, that will be a high-performing team. When in the hearts of one another you don't trust each other and you hold back, you'll find dysfunction come into the team. And we're going to talk about that in a future
1: podcast. We're going to go there.
0: We're going to go there and talk about how how to cultivate trust in your teams, how to get that high-trust culture happening in your teams so that your team will be healthy. Um, Looking at great teams, you know, last year I was um, one of the documentaries that I just loved to watch. I don't know if you you caught this on Netflix, was The Last Dance.
1: I mean, I I loved The Last Dance. I was a big (laughs) Michael Jordan fan. When I was a kid, I had, um, when I was 13, I had a pair of Jordan 7s. Did you? They were the best, yeah. And I I grew out of them. I grew out of them. I saved up (laughs) like you wouldn't believe. I grew out of them and my brother took them. And he trashed them oh no way He you know, like, went skateboarding and then I like, just totally wrecked them and I was heartbroken oh. so I was a big Jordan fan so the last dance was like reliving my like late teens when oh. the Chicago Bulls were yeah his knees
0: now when you think about that I mean the amazing thing about Michael Jordan he was a once in a generation player or once in a generation player but yet he didn't really achieve his potential until he had the team around him. That's right. You know, until he had Pippen and you had crazy Rodman who could yep. get the boards. Yep. That's right. He even had the Aussie Luke Longley, Luke Longley who wasn't mentioned much. I know. I know. Uh, you know, there's a bit of scandal there. He was left out there, of like the last dance. What's going on there? Come on. There seemed to be a bit of tension maybe <laughs> yeah. between Luke and, and Jordan. But anyway, but you know, it wasn't until that team came together that they really achieved. And I remember yeah. uh, last year, I just, I just happened to read the coaches What was the coach now? Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Yeah, Yeah. I read his book on it. And one of the things he said about, about putting together that team is that they never worried about their opposition. They never really did much time thinking about the opposition and coming up with tactics to deal with the opposition. They just focused on their own game and bringing the strengths out of their own team, working together as a team. Now, Mark, when you think about the teams that you've been involved in at church, Can you think back to a really great team? What was one of the greatest teams that you were ever involved in? I think the,
1: I think the, when I was um, at university, um, I was I was the, I was volunteer youth leader, church, and we had a team of youth leaders, all all volunteer, all volunteers, empowered by our um, youth pastor, Scotty, legend, and um, that team was probably the best team I've been part of, even though it probably wasn't the most talented team, like we were all yeah. like uni students, none of us had been to Bible college, or had you know, MBAs or anything like that, um, but what made that team so great is that we loved being together, we would laugh and joke and hi-fi, we had handshakes, everything, we would hang out till all hours of the morning after youth had finished, but we weren't just there to hang out, we actually deeply cared about what we were doing, and we worked together, we understood each other, so that, you know, the... The, the girl who was um, gentle and a good listener, like she would kind of play her role to um, mm. look after the people mm. on the fringe, you know, yeah. uh, the, the, the girl who was the oldest and the most responsible looking, she would like meet the new parents and make them feel, yeah, this is actually a safe place for me yeah. to leave my you know, yeah. 13 year old. Um, you know, the crazy dude who was like full of energy would do the upfront stuff and like all the games, and energy, like every person kind of played their role. We loved being together, and like almost every night at the end of the night, we'd stand back and say, "Man, that was awesome! Yeah, like we we nailed it. Yeah, everyone did their role. Nobody was showing off. There was no drama. When um, we made mistakes, we sorted it out quickly. You know, we we dealt with stuff I mean, quickly. I that
0: just does show the importance, man, of youth ministry and oh, yeah. in young adult totally. ministry teams because often that's the first taste mm. that you have of team leadership in a church, isn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. I, when, when I think of that question myself, I also think back to um, my days at Helensvale Baptist, to yeah. what, what is now Cross Life Baptist Church on the Gold Coast. And a team that I was involved with was Steph Maslin and his wife, now yeah, Belinda. Nice. Yeah. We were in this team together doing youth ministry together. And I just have fond memories of the same thing. Of like praying together and talking together and 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 um, you know ministering to kids together, putting together kids pro- like young people's programs on Friday night together, doing crazy stuff together, but also being used by God yeah, together. That's right. And there's nothing like it, is yeah. there? When, when you're used it wasn't just by a party, God, yeah. God showed up. And, when God shows yeah. up and when He uses you in a team, it's just there's nothing like it. So when we think about it, when we think about the characteristics of a great team, Mark. What are some of those characteristics? What are the characteristics of a great team that we want to sort of aim at? If we're going to be a team That's leader, right. if we're going to put together good teams, then what are we looking to do with a team? What, what would some characteristics of a great team be?
1: There's, there's a million different lists of what makes a great team, but I really like the one that... Um Blanchard has. He's got seven things. Biblical number seven. You know, yeah. we, we appreciate that. Seven things, but I think uh, there are others. But I reckon these are some of the core ones. Okay. Let's go so through. First them. of all, number one, you've got to have a purpose. Clarity around what are we trying to do.
0: I think that's so important, isn't it? Yeah. And as right. a team leader, you need to fight for clarity. It's your role to
1: clarify the purpose of the team. That's right. It, really. Exactly right. Yeah. You've got to continually to answer the question. What are we trying to do? Yeah. What does a win look like? What is success? Yeah. What is that thing that once we do it, yeah. we high five and we wipe the tears from our eyes and we say, praise God, that was yeah. awesome, well done, we yeah. did it. What is that? Yeah, yeah. Because until we get that clear, everyone's... Play in a different yeah, and
0: oftentimes when you lose that sense of purpose that's when you lose it all where you, where you don't what's going on here what are we doing you end up wandering in the wilderness rather than having a clear right. God centered yeah. purpose so what's number two
1: so purpose number one number two empowerment in other words that people aren't just there to kind of make up the numbers and to, you know um, it's not a bureaucracy but actually we empower people everyone yep. on the team is empowered to do their role right. so they are trained. They are equipped, they are encouraged, they are given real responsibility, clarity. So everyone says, great, I know what my job on the team is, and I'm able to do it. And there's trust. Trust, You're entrusted to do it. Actually,
0: you know, a key thing of empowerment is trust, isn't it? That's right. We trust you to do that. Yeah. Number three. What's number three?
1: Number three, our communication. So communication is the idea that everyone knows what's going on and knows what's expected of them. Um. You know, so often you hear people complaining about like the church ministry and they say things like, it's not what happened that I, that upset me, it's how I found out, how it was done. In other words, it's, it's a communication or process question because good communication blesses people, poor communication uh, you know, affects them, it hurts yeah. and them, it breaks times them. And oftentimes
0: as a leader, we think we're communicating that's right, and because we, we know what's going on, yeah. but we actually yeah. need to over communicate, don't we? That's right, we, and it, and there can't be too much communication. That's often. Right.
1: Now, what's number four? Yeah. Yep, and number four, flexibility. So flexibility is the capacity to adapt as situations change. Right. So we're not. We have a plan. Yep. we've Got a purpose. Uh, we're, everyone's communicated. Well, we're empowered, but we can adapt to things as they change. We can swap in and out of roles. Yep. We can cover each other's bases. We can adapt when things happen. Flexibility. Uh, number five is productivity. In other words, if, if you're in a team that has those first four things, purpose, empowerment, communication, flexibility, but you don't get results, it's actually not very satisfying. Yeah. You kind of think, yeah, I know, but what are we really achieving here? But but when you've got, when you're productive, when you can tick the boxes at the end and say, achieved, 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 done, 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 when you can look at the fruit, yeah. when you can tell the stories about what's happening in the lives of people productive then it's uh it's rewarding and it shows that you're being effective you're actually achieving your and purposes. everyone's
0: encouraged everyone's encouraged when you can see That's that right. you're achieving your purpose obviously in in a christian sense you know you know, a success is, is being faithful, being faithful That's to right. God's purposes. You know, sometimes we'll see massive amounts of fruitfulness in terms of be, people being converted. That's right. Other times there'll be seasons of barrenness. That's right. But we are just, yeah. if we're faithful, then we've achieved God's purpose. Yeah. What's number six?
1: Number six is recognition and appreciation. Yeah. So recognition and appreciation. In other words, we have a high honor culture. We celebrate. We, we honor we, we point out, we call out, we, we give out prizes, we yep. recognize when people go above and beyond. We, we honor one another. And, and that is like, don't you want to be part of a team like that? Yeah. A yeah. team where you feel appreciated, where people thank you, where they celebrate successes together, yep. Yep. Uh, where they recognize when people go above and beyond. And the last one is um, morale. In other words, it's got to be a sense of energy, of positivity, of optimism, of hope of we can do this yeah. you know and if a team has those six things but not morale yeah it's very hard to keep that team going because people yeah, have to like being on the have team have to like being on the team
0: yeah you have to have a sense of excitement yeah, exactly. you know I, when i was a team uh, you know when i was a pastor and one of the high performing teams i had was um Early on, I had this key leadership team. I called it the 4G leadership team because our vision was to gather, grow, give and go and so each there was a pastor over each one of those areas so there was a gather pastor, a grow pastor a give pastor a go pastor and they all and therefore we all had had clarity over our purpose yeah. but I used to love our team meetings because everyone would lean in and I yeah. could see that everyone was engaged yeah. and everyone was was ready to be there and everyone loved discussing issues, you know, and I've been on teams where that hasn't been the case, where people have been flicking on their phones, where people have been disinterested, where people haven't really done that lean into the team. So it is wonderful when you have high morale and people just love being on the team. And I was thinking about the list. There's one other thing that I would add to the list is that great teams expect failure. (laughs) You expect that there will be some failure if you're trying new things failure is expected you anticipate it in a good team but then you actually uh, you know you anticipate failure and mm. you get over failure you get over failure i always on my church staff said if we're not failing at some things we're not yeah. doing we're not taking enough risks right. because we want to be a team that actually takes risks for the kingdom of god if we're going to reach people we'll need to take some god-given risks
1: yeah, yeah. totally and often it's that first failure as a team, yeah, that actually galvanizes the team together. Because you're like, wow, we went through something together. We had an experience together. It was tough. We we were with each other. Yeah, we stood up for one another. We yeah helped each other pick it back up. We didn't blame one another, but we actually showed grace and yeah. encouragement, and that that can really be part of galvanizing uh that team team together now
0: as we come to the end we don't want this just to be a podcast for our listeners where they just hear a lot of information we want to give them some takeaways mark so as we come to the end of our podcast today let's let's talk about what they can take away what people can take away so what are some takeaways from today
1: yeah look i think we're talking about what is a team right i think the first question to ask it's kind of a hard question is am i actually doing team yeah i'm a pastor i'm a ministry leader Am I actually doing team, or am I just trying to do it all myself? And occasionally, I try and recruit a few helpers to help me. Yeah,
0: right. Do you know that's so interesting? I have a story about yeah, that. Yeah, please. My pastor over in the West, Graham Johnson, he was an American, and um, he. Now, I'm going to put on his voice okay. uh, in a moment. American, American oh, accent. American yeah, okay, accent. So this nice. is American accent yeah, first accent for, the, for the podcast. <laughs> But he said to me once, he said that he was talking to this pastor and uh, he was saying, he was a church planner and he's like, uh, he was he was crying about the fact that, you know, uh, no one does anything in this church. No one, you know, even I have to set up all the chairs. And Graham said to him, he said, well, this Sunday, I don't want you to set up a chair. He said, because they're not going to sit on the floor. Someone will set up the chairs. But you see, Graham told me that story because he said there was something happening in the heart of that pastor that he thought that he had
1: to do it all. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So let me say it another way. Sometimes we think that faithfulness means we have to do everything. But faithfulness is actually about giving away responsibility. Oh, I love that. So let me me give you an example. So um, Moses and Jethro. So Moses, um, we often think, oh, Moses, he's just a a guy from um, Israel. What would he know about leadership? But he, he was schooled by the brightest and best. The people who built the pyramids taught Moses about leadership and project management. He knew how to do stuff. He, he was trained and equipped. He's in the desert. He's trying to do everything himself. Jethro comes to him, his father-in-law, and says, you need to delegate. Now, sometimes we think about that story and think, oh, Moses. Moses is like, oh, Jethro, that's genius. Why didn't I think of that? Of course I should delegate. Thanks so much. That's a really helpful tip. I'm going to do that right now. Right? That's not what's happening. Moses is a control freak. Yeah. And he won't hand over responsibility because he thinks being faithful means he does it all himself. And the, the breakthrough moment for Moses is when he realizes, actually, I'm not being faithful by trying to do everything myself. I, I need to invite others in. Yeah. I need to give away responsibility. I need to give up some of my control. I am the best person to lead Israel. I am the best person to do everything. Yeah. No one else has had the education that I've got. No one else has the hand of God upon them. Like I am the superstar of Israel. I'm the guy. But he needed to actually give up some control and build teams. I think the first question we've got to ask, and it's a painful question to ask, am I actually doing team? Yeah. Or am I just trying to recruit helpers for my projects? It is that
0: deep, isn't it? It is that like that deep question, isn't it? Yeah. Of like uh, an identity question, a gospel totally. question. Yeah. Totally. Lord, I, I need that change of heart where I actually mm. learn to mm. trust you and trust the body of Christ. That's right. Trust that God's spirit is gifting other yeah. people in the body yeah. to actually utilize
1: them as well That's right. in the ministry. So one day one of my, um, when I was a young senior pastor, one of my mentors said to me, you know, Mark, um, you might think you're the most talented person on your team and you're probably the best preacher and probably the best event coordinator and maybe the best um, worship leader and probably the best one of these and like everything, so, but that's a problem. Because as long as you think that you're the best person to do each of those jobs, yeah, you'll just keep doing them. And you actually need to recruit other people, give away responsibility, invest in them, get them together in a team, so that in a year, two years, three years' time, you look around and you say, I could never do what you do. You're so much better at this than I could ever be. Yeah. Like the role that you play on our team, man, I could never play that role. But it's actually about giving away responsibilities. I think that's the first thing, right? So yep. Am I doing team or am I just trying to do it all myself? Second one is the thing we're calling our team or my team, is it actually a team or is it a group of friends or a working group? Yeah. So one of the ways that you know is – if you, if you, um, in your debriefs, yeah, right, the Friday night youth, for example, if all your questions are about performance and goals, how did it go? Did we achieve the goals? What went wrong? What went right? Anything we need to change for next week? That's a working group, because all of your focus is on did we achieve the goal? Right. If you never say how are you going? How are you going? How did we do? Are we okay? Man, I was 10 minutes late. You had to start the session. I'm really sorry. Can you forgive me? Right? Yeah. And you have to debrief relationship as well as task. Yeah. So if all you ever talk about is the task, and if people turn up to do their job, once the event is finished, everyone just bails, you probably don't have a team because the commitment to relationship and the morale and the being together and the honoring and the celebrating is, is missing you think is your team is probably actually a working group and in that case the action step would be to cultivate relationship
0: that is so good you know i know in my own ministry experience i'm probably more geared towards goal orientation and achievement that's just who god has made me to be And so in the teams that I was involved in, I I know that I pushed more towards achievement, more towards purpose. Let's get it done. Let's get the task done. Let's get the ministry done. It's not like I didn't love people, but I was just geared that way. And so I know that I needed to do more in terms of relationship to make up for that fact that that was my personal tendency. Other people might be the other way. They might be more about relationship. Now, you're probably going to go on to say that, were you?
1: That's right. Yeah, that's right. So the other other, um, pseudo-team, Uh, Or um, yeah, kind of fake team, if you like, is the friends. Yeah. So is the thing you call a team just actually a group of friends, where you love being together? You've got, you know, your your um, WhatsApp chat is just meme after meme after meme, and it's fun, and you laugh, and you love each other, and you love hanging out to go on holiday together. It's so good to be with the people. Yeah. But you think, man, we're not stretching. Yeah. We're not growing. Yeah. We're not working on the one percenters to improve our. Our yeah. performance like yep. we're letting things fall through the crack we're, we're not stretching we're not dreaming for bigger things we're not learning and growing going after god's purpose going after god's purpose mm. right if if the emphasis is just we love being together and yeah the ministry is good too don't get me wrong we like we like ministry but really it's about the friendship i think you probably don't have a real team you probably do enough task enough yeah. um goals you know purpose stuff to that, but that just really gives you maybe say it like this Sometimes people use a ministry um, to give them a context for their friends. In other words, let's just hang out at a youth on Friday night.
0: So you would then, you would, you're saying that you, you need to ask a question, do we have a team? Do yep. we have a team? Or we're just a group of friends yep. or we just a working group? Yep. And you would encourage to have an assessment and make up for the part that is lacking
1: That's right. in your team. Yep. Are we just friends? Yep. Using ministry as a time to get together and have fun? In which case we've got to talk about purpose and goals, yep. strategy. What are we really here for? What what really matters? What is the thing that if we don't do it, lives aren't changed? Amen. What are the things that if God we God do wants it, done? P- yeah, yeah, totally. So, who are the people that are going to stand up at the eighteenth, yeah, or the twenty first, and honour their youth leader and say, if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for you teaching me the Bible week in and week out? I remember the the church camp that we, the youth camp that we did. Man, that changed my life. I know that you went above and beyond to make a, a fun, safe place I could bring my friends, and now two of my friends are here with me. You know, like yes. what, yeah. who are the people? What are the, what's the good, um, the, the gospel fruit, if you like? Yeah, that's going to happen. So if if you're just friends, you've got to clarify the purpose and the goals. And it's about gospel fruit. If you're just a working group, you've got to build relationship. Yeah. Um, and and trust. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Mark. It's been great on our first pro- podcast, a church leadership podcast. Number one, yep, yeah. yep. For, guys who, who for guys
1: who get it. Guys who get it. podcast for church leaders and their teams. For God. Our leading church from two guys that get it.
0: it. two guys who get it. We're not, we're not,
1: we're not good. We just understand it.
0: <laughs> we just yeah. get it. Well, next week we're going to be looking at um, how to build a team from scratch. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at this idea of you, you've been put in a leadership position, Where do you start? How do you start building a team from scratch? So tune in next time and and, uh, we're going to be talking about that. Thanks, Mark, for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thanks, John. Great.